So I went in 2015 and it had been my uh, second project overseas. I originally went in uh, 2010 to Vanuatu on a Youth Challenge Australia project. Uh, it was an Indigenous Leadership Program. And um, I thought that that was pretty important part of my life, um, just in developing emotionally um, and professionally. And then when the... And when the uh, option came up or the opportunity came up again in 2015 I thought that it would be a great uh, great way to see how my perspective had changed over five years so that was really the, the major driver was just to, just to see how I had changed over that period of time So Vanuatu is very different to South Africa was it a case of you wanting to experience another totally different culture in a way? Yeah. Um, I guess at the forefront of my mind, I didn't really anticipate that. I, I imagined that both volunteer projects would be uh, similar and that I'd be able to use them, um, maybe the Vanuatu as a bit of a benchmark to, com- to um, gauge development um, with the South African trip, but they were so completely different. So I, was, I had uh, probably a little bit of a... Um, I guess a skewed anticipation of what the outcome would be. Whereabouts in South Africa did you go for your second trip on the exchange, and and what did you learn there? So the project is up uh, the northern part of South Africa. It's a little province called Limpopo, and a, a little town called Hoodsbret. Um, it's not too far from the Kruger National Park. It's a pretty famous uh, national park, probably the most famous national park in the world. Um, I guess it's hard to hard to put put into uh, you know a sentence what I learnt over over the trip. I think um, it was amazing to see how very similar it was to here. Uh, the, the countryside is very similar. There's acacias and flats everywhere and very mountainous, similar to the area I'm from. Um, and the people and the culture, just so welcoming. So there was so many similarities, and I think that was the biggest and most surprising thing that I, I learnt while I was there. What would be like a typical day for you while on the exchange? What would be the things that you would do? Um, so a typical day, you start off, uh, you sort of... Everyone's staying in the same location, the same accommodation. So the first time I went to South Africa, there was 11 people. And then the second time I went to South Africa uh, last year, there was only six. So we're all staying in the same place. We usually get together, have breakfast, and then get in the car. We drive a little way to our to whatever school we're working at. Um, and we go through, we do whatever tasks that have been allocated to us. So uh, usually there's a, a classroom that needs revamping, so painting the walls and coming up with some um, a murals and a design, and then there's some gardening that needs to be done. So we uh, dig in uh, these keyhole gardens and lay bricks and work with other community members and other volunteers to you know get that happen. We work a little bit after lunchtime, say maybe, maybe 2 o'clock, and then we usually do a sports activity with the kids that have been helping us as part of, uh, I guess, a reward for them for 
you know, getting in and getting stuck into some some hard work. Then we head home, uh, usually do a bit of a, uh, a debrief or go over with the team how things have gone with the day and um, what we need to do for the next day. And, you know, the afternoon or the evening's free time, you can um, meet, I'll talk with other people that are around, other locals, uh, go to the shops um, and then get ready to do it all again the next day. Um, what benefit does a volunteer's exchange and being able to complete tasks like the one that you just explained to me have for, say, things like career or life benefit? Yeah, certainly. I think um, probably there's a lot of benefits, and I guess the immediate benefits are getting a bit more of an open mind. I think uh, by doing like a manual labour, you really meet the the community members on a, a on a level field, and we're not coming in as consultants and you know trying to usher people in certain directions which we think is necessary for the community to develop. So, um, and once you really make those personal connections with the people, you you get an understanding of what life is like there and how they've managed to cope, and you know they the the lack of resources and what they have compared to what they can achieve. So you, you really do get an amazing sense of resourcefulness. Um, you get, you get a, I guess, a, a clearly clearly defined... Oh, for me, I, it helps me define some of the questions I had about what was lacking in some of the communities, and especially my community back in Australia. Mm. And I guess because you can see in another community you can say oh that's all right oh that's how it's working or you know this is a result of you know all these other problems um so you you come away i guess with a bit more direction and one of the things that i found was probably the most important um was i guess uh, a confidence in your ability and your decision making abilities that you know i think sometimes is a little bit lacking in a lot of young Aboriginal people, but getting an opportunity to get involved in such a hands-on project and um, take lead of people from all countries is, you know, really empowering. And you do walk away with a sense of um, capability and that you're really capable of achieving a lot of things. You kind of touched on a few things in regards to personal qualities there. I mean, being able to get confidence and being able to build up a relationship building exchange, particularly of people of other cultures of other countries around the world. Could you tell us a little bit about what kind of personal qualities does uh, someone need to have to succeed prior to maybe applying for the Indigenous Exchange? I guess um, there's no no real ideal candidate, and um, everyone that has got different backgrounds helps contribute to a team. So. Um, on the projects I've been on, I think there was uh, about 16 different people all up over two projects, and they came from all walks of life. So we had 18-year-old students that have, you know, fresh out of school, um, first year into their arts degree, and they, you know, jump on a plane to go out the middle of nowhere in South Africa to do something like that. And then you've got um, people that are social workers, uh professional athletes, academics, tradies, and, you know, 
each each person's different in their own right, but I think the the common thread that actually brings everyone together or the one trait that ties through with everyone is just the willingness to have a go because it can be a bit of a daunting task if you think about um, you know leaving your home for you know five to six weeks and um, going to a different country and taking part in a you know a project that you don't really know a whole lot about so having that willingness just to have a go is what really is I guess the, the key key trait that um, makes a successful participant in these sorts of programs. I suppose that also leads me on to my next question about challenges. Uh, what challenges could an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander person be confronted with while on uh, the Classic Wallabies Indigenous Exchange program? Was there any I challenges think, for you? <laughs> I think the hardest challenge for me is, you know, coming home and, you know, leaving leaving all the amazing people that you've met in a different country and even, even um, coming home and not being with the, the team that you've been with because you've been in such a confined space and you've really, you know, gelled as a team and come together as a, a, a well-oiled little unit and then coming home and, uh, you know, coming back into, I guess, normal a normal life, it's a, that can be a bit of a challenge because you've been away, you've done something, you know, really amazing and then coming home and the pace is a little bit different or it hasn't changed much at all since you've left and you, you feel like you've developed a lot or you've really matured a lot and then coming home and, you know, finding how what you've learnt and where, how you've developed fits into, you know, I guess in a way your old life. Um, so that was probably the most challenging thing for me. I guess for some other people they might might think that, you know, the food was the most challenging part or something like that. Were people, while you were on this exchange, curious? Were they talking about what life was like being an Aboriginal person here in Australia? Oh, definitely. Um, How curious were they? It was it was pretty amazing, and it was one of those things that didn't really happen up front. It was once you really got got into a you know a, a very familiar relationship with the people that you're working with, and um, and that's when they start asking questions and. Um, finding out similarities, like searching for similarities, I guess, uh, with the cultures and, you know, exchanging of language was a massive part. So I was constantly trying to learn as much language from, you know, the community members there and give them my language and um, sharing food and stories like that. So... One, one of the things was, I guess, in a way, they didn't probably know as much about our culture as they would have liked to because uh, they had questions when we, we were there about, you know, oh, we thought Aboriginals were, you know, dark-skinned and not everyone in the group is dark-skinned. You know, there's different variations of colour. So, you know, and finding a way to explain that Mm. and how we're all still Aboriginal in a way that's easily to, you know, uh, convey across cultures and language barriers isn't always as easy. But when you get down to it and they understand, they they really feel um, a connection there because it's a lot of the similar sort of processes that have happened 
in South Africa as in Australia. So you really that really strengthens the uh, the relationships I think between the volunteers, the Indigenous volunteers, and the local community members. Were they speaking like Afrikaans there, or no? I I did hear people speaking Afrikaans a lot of that, but um, it's an interesting place because they've got I think eleven nationally recognised languages. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, Afrikaans is one of them. Um, but the area that we were in spoke Susutu or Northern Sutu. So I tried to pick that up as um, as much as possible. Um, this is a pretty much a like. Uh, let's let's get on to how people can apply and what um, they need to do. Uh, I mean, could you maybe explain to us, you know, your process? How did you apply? Yeah, so I got. I got an email, um, one of my friends had forwarded to me about the Classic Wallabies Indigenous Exchange, so I followed the links. I think um, if you don't have that sort of access to the email or someone sending you an email, you can visit the um, Australian Volunteers website, so www.australianvolunteers.com, or you can just do an online search um, and Google Classic Wallabies Indigenous Exchange and follow the links through there. The application process is isn't that hard and um, yeah I definitely recommend everyone should uh, that's looking at moving up into a leadership position within the communities to uh, have a go and apply um, well Clinton thank you very much for talking to us here at karma I really appreciate you giving us your time yeah thank you for having me and thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to talk about my experiences